Hello, dear subscribers. It's me again. As we produce these subscriber-only episodes every other week, I have a wonderful guest brought on, and this is very exciting because the most recent episode that came out, this was Victoria as the guest, but when we filmed, wait, not filmed, when we recorded that, <laughs> no camera involved, <laughs> when we recorded that episode, it was remotely because Victoria had not moved back to Minneapolis yet, but now I'm sitting here with her in person, and this is it's so much better in person, <laughs> just so much better in general, and I am interviewing two guests, technically, <laughs> because we have her son with us live here today. <laughs> Say something, Nico. Give us a speech. Speech, 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 speech. Hello? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You may just hear like gurgles, slurps, coughs, little baby giggles like that. <laughs> Hopefully more. Throughout this whole episode. So I hope that blesses you, even in the sound of his voice. <laughs> but he's going to be joining us also. Yeah? Cough it up. Okay, you got it. Don't worry. Nico's going to be a star. I already told Victoria that. And we're here today to talk about something that... Joseph, is that you? We're recording live. I, I can't talk right now. I'm sorry. You want to say something? Say something live? <laughs> <laughs> He's just sheepishly shaking his head. No, no please, no, no, please. <laughs> okay. Joseph's going to exit the room soon. So now I have three guests. <laughs> We're going to be talking about something that Victoria talks about pretty much all the time. Not like all the time. Well, most of the time. I'm, I'm in a shower. You're in a shower? Okay, go ahead. Can you not add that in the podcast? That you're going to shower? Yeah. I'm sure people won't mind knowing that you shower. <laughs> they won't hear the shower going. But they'll hear me. Well, just say hi. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Can you take the shower part out? Maybe. Please? It's unedited, Joseph. I, don't, I can't promise anything. You can do it. Well, maybe. I'll think about it. Okay. We'll talk later. I'll have you listen to it and be like, oh, that was mad embarrassing. That'll be fine. I mean, it would be more embarrassing if you weren't showering. Yeah, if you, like, told me on air, I hate showering so much. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. But this could be your blooper real pain episode. That's true, but I might make it both. <laughs> bye, Joseph. <laughs> okay, bye now. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. Sorry for that little interruption. That's the beauty of live. <laughs> We're going to be talking about something that Victoria talks about very often. Wow. Was that a burp? That no, was a burp. Nice. <laughs> so Victoria talks about the lies that culture tells us about motherhood. I'm not even going to say just the world in general because I think that it's not just for unbelievers. Right. I think that Christians also struggle with the lies that we hear about motherhood yeah, or parenthood absolutely. in general and it's not just it's like deeply in our church culture too it's yeah not just yeah the world. it's not just outside the church right so are there any lies that you can think of that culture tells us about motherhood go ahead um well when i was thinking about this question i thought oh my god how many <laughs> how many all, am i allowed to say right <laughs> 
I feel like there are lots of lies that were told, but the one that I felt tied into all of the questions across the board that you have for me today is the lie that we are incapable of being mothers, or said another way, motherhood is something that happens to us rather than something that we can actively participate in. Hmm. Wow. What do you mean by that? Um, <clears throat> well, what is, okay, what is your next question? I feel like there was something I wanted to say that tied into that. What's your next question? My next one? Yes. Did you struggle with any of these specifically? Or was it the one about Genesis? Probably Genesis. Okay. So I, I, I won't go there right yet, but... Um, uh, what I mean by that is... Wow. <laughs> 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 you really are a star. <laughs> You're a baby. He's laughing at himself. They're paying to hear himself. baby parts this week. I know. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, God, what I mean by that is that, um, like, we're taught that children. The lies that we hear about motherhood are also just tied into how, as a culture, we perceive children. So like, we, we don't really like women or children. And children are, um, like, they're a huge inconvenience to somebody who is living for themselves, mm-hmm. which I would beg is most Americans. Um, and so the idea that children are like, so difficult that they are a nuisance or are so difficult that they're kind of out of our control. <laughs> you stay over here, sir. Um, that they're just something happening to us. I mean, it's like it, we strip children of their dignity all the time in so many different ways. And I think that's just one of them is removing their personhood from them and just making them into like issues to troubleshoot. And then I think that that directly affects the way that we talk about motherhood because instead of motherhood being something that we joyfully participate in and something that um, our children are also participating in with us, it just becomes something that is like made out to be a burden to mothers. And I think that this affects, like I said, the way that motherhood is perceived and how mothers are perceived because if it's just something that's happening to women, that means... It, we must have some sort of incapability to begin with. We must have some lesser than that that causes our own child to be something that happens to us rather than something that we enjoy and are perfectly capable of handling. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would say that's number one. Number one lie that we're told is that children are an inconvenience and that we're incapable in some way. Right. Or that's going to be mm-hmm. really terrible. Right. Yeah, you just yeah. expect it to be hard. I was listening to this other podcast the other day <clears throat> and they were talking about how like these different stages in children's lives we have names for like the terrible twos. Yeah, yeah. And they're like these terribly difficult things that just happen to us and there's nothing we can do about it. Maybe like read some child read development a book. book. Yeah. yeah. Um, But this dad that was talking about it was just saying how, like, 
actually children are just developing appropriately and it becomes an inconvenience to us when we don't grow along with them Mm -hmm. like when we refuse to change things for them and Mm -hmm. give them what they need to adapt like it becomes hard also humans are just complex Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like yeah sometimes they're gonna have a bad day yeah I have to remind myself that like right now Nico's really struggling with his sleep both during the day and at night and some days I'm like man well this all definitely depends on your philosophy but we bed share because I believe that he's just too tiny to like be without his mom for that long especially in the nighttime and that would be really scary so we bed share and he's really struggling with his sleep right now and he you had a big life change recently too as in yes moved. yes so that also has to do with it absolutely yeah. um so he's been struggling at night to sleep and during the day to sleep and he's just like not sleeping much which means i in turn am not sleeping much and it's made me consider like altering my philosophy on things for my own convenience like well i'm just gonna start putting him to sleep in the other room and leaving him there and like which i'm i'm not asserting anything about the specific philosophies (laughs) um but they're just not mine like at at my core that's not what i believe is right to do for my child and but in the heat of the inconvenience and the sleepless nights and days I'm like man why don't I just like put him down and let him cry and like he'll be fine he'll be whatever I'll get to sleep more Mm -hmm. rather than just realizing okay he's a little person like even though he may not be able to communicate or even perceive things the same way that us as adults do He's still like gonna have nights where he's just a little less or he's just a little more restless mm-hmm. just like I have nights like that even as an adult yeah I just had a nightmare the other night and I was like so sleep deprived the next day mm-hmm. oh, yeah, <laughs> right having me just the other day right and 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 as children like they have he has 22 years less experience yeah. with coping and, mm-hmm. and like learning to manage his emotions and learning about his body he has so much less he has so many less tools than what I have as an adult and as his mom it's my job to like be that comfort for him and be his study because otherwise he doesn't have that Mm -hmm. so yeah that's inconvenient yeah (laughs) for me yeah as an individual Mm -hmm. until I decide that which I have but I mean it's a daily thing until I decide that um, it's not actually an inconvenience, but it's just the role that I'm playing in this season of life. Then it's going to feel like something that's happening to me. And I'm going to feel inconvenienced, and I'm going to feel hopeless, and I'm going to feel like I can't do it. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's conveniently being super noisy right now. <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> well, did were there any lies about motherhood that you were wrestling with? As you were pregnant, preparing to mm. hold your child earthside. Yeah, definitely. I would say it wasn't necessarily tied to the lie I just talked about. Although I think that that is kind of the root of like all other lies in motherhood. Because if you're told that you're incapable or it's going to be difficult, then like, why would I, you look forward to it? Right. Like it yeah. would just be a domino effect. But mm-hmm. but anyways, um, I talked about this in. Oh, I guess it was just the podcast that you just released, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a hard time believing that... um, By the way, this is not poop. This is... (laughs) 
tomato. I wasn't concerned about it. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure. I was like, oh man, she wants tomato I'm... juice. Don't worry. <laughs> I want to make sure you didn't think I was <laughs> rolling all over our your white pillows. sheets. He's yeah. just smearing his poop on the bed. It's just tomato sauce, everyone. <laughs> okay, oh, sorry. Um, I really had a hard time believing that the changes that were coming. Well, yeah, I guess it it really is like the first lie I talked about. I had a really hard time. I really felt like. This pregnancy was just happening to me, and for the first trimester, I did not want to be pregnant. Um, like, yeah, I won't get into that, but I really didn't want to be pregnant. I, It was so confusing. It caused me to, like, really have to deconstruct my current list of priorities, mm-hmm. just in life, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And I had to, like, I just had to decide, okay, why am I trying, or I had to to contemplate, why am I trying to hold on so tightly to these, like, material and surface-level expressions of myself? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I trying to hang on to those so tightly? Why do I care so much? And it tied into, like, just being ashamed of myself. And I had to then decide whether or not, like, was I... Was I going to, like, hang on to the belief that I was going to be less like myself as a mother? Mm. That it was just this outward force that was coming in and, like, ruining a part of me, making me less valuable? Or or was it going to be something where, like, this is exactly what Christ talks about in, um, you know... sanctification Mm -hmm. you know was I going to let it be something that sanctified me or and and was I going to cling to the constant or the yeah I guess constantness constants of Christ or try and like fabricate my own in the way I dressed and like my Mm -hmm. personality um expressions of my personality so yeah yeah Yeah, something that stuck out to me as I, I had to listen to that podcast episode over and over because right. I had to edit it. <laughs> yeah. But something that stuck out to me and I actually chose it for like a, a audio clip to mm-hmm. post on Instagram mm-hmm. of just like a minute long. But in that clip you said something like but it's my joy to be your son's as in Nico. Right. It's your joy to be his servant and right. to take care of him and then in that you're becoming more like Christ and I thought that that's why I chose that little minute clip because I was like that's so profound and no one says things like that right and I think that's another lie is that which you could talk about a little bit is this thought in the world that once you become a parent you lose part of yourself right rather than actually just yeah yeah, that's exactly it. That's what I was scared of. There was this... I was actually talking to an old friend from college at one, one time about it. Paige. Remember her? I was talking you talked to her recently? When I was pregnant. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fairly recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't really chatted much since. But anyways, um, I was just telling her... I was talking to a few different people about this like identity crisis thing I was in. And I was talking to her about it. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like... I don't know what this means for who I am. Like, what is... I don't know. I'm just worried. Like, I feel nervous about it for some reason. Mm -hmm. And she... I can't remember exactly what she said, but she 
gave me this reference that she had been, she got from a book she'd been reading. Um, and the reference, it went something like, um, children eat their mothers. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? It, it sounds, it sounds silly. I mean, it is like very poetic. That's what it is. Um, but I was like, that's exactly what it is though. Especially now that I am a mom, that, that's exactly what they do. Like, me go seriously. <laughs> Excuse you, sir. You eat your mother and then you do this? <laughs> Um, in a poetic sense, I mean, and also very literally, if you're nursing, uh, your, yeah. your child, I mean, I am my child's, like, my body is his. Mm-hmm. From the minute he was conceived, mm-hmm. my body has been his, mm-hmm. and it still is to this day. I'm a jungle gym, I'm his sustenance, I'm his comfort and his warmth at night, and, like, nothing about myself is for me anymore, and I think... It's not so... He's sucking on my arm right now. <laughs> he's eating you. <laughs> um, I think that's something else that our culture likes to say is a bad thing. That like, moms lose themselves, which mm-hmm. I... It's not so black and white. I think that there is definitely a balance of self-care in there. But I think it's just this perception that we have that losing ourselves is a bad thing. When actually that's what we're called to do as Christians. Like we're still You mean there. like how... Jesus says, die to ourselves? Right. Okay. Right. Um, and, yeah, less of me, more of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I really liked that. Like, liter- lit- literacy, literature, literature about moms and motherhood and how our children devour us. And it's like, <laughs> it's like this, yeah, in our culture we think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But really what I've found is that, like, he does, in fact, devour me and eat up every minute of my time and use my body and, like, it's not my own anymore. Um, But it's, like, also simultaneously eating away at all these things that I don't need anyways. And it's, like, getting back to that whole prioritizing thing, like okay, what is actually important to me because these things that I really prized in myself before were just out of pride because mm. I don't have them now and I'm like living my best life, you know? Living my best life. <laughs> okay, so in that... Yeah. I, I don't beat my child, sorry. <laughs> that was a firm pat, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, in that, what do you think the word says about motherhood what's the truth and then kind of bring in the truth that you learned from bible project yeah bible project um uh well this is so scattered because i have so many thoughts on it so many thoughts i have so many so this is i hope this actually makes sense in oh oh oh. i'm better (laughs) i hope this makes sense in in post as they say Mm -hmm. um I would say that the lie in synopsis that I've spoken about is that we are incapable and that um, motherhood makes us less like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad thing. And I would say that the truth of scripture clearly illustrates looking less like ourselves 
is often more a good like thing. Christ. Right. Yeah. It's often actually a good thing. Mm. And in the right context, of course, in a context where you're, you know, you have a supportive husband mm-hmm. and you have supportive friends and and the tools around you you need to be replenished so you can continue to pour out to your child. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good like context to illustrate because there are some moms that really lose themselves and they lose themselves because they have nothing left to give. No boundaries. Right, no, no boundaries. Or no resources. Right. Yeah. I would say it's probably more so on the no resources end, but... Um, which is like not good mm-hmm. because then they can't even be effective mothers. Um, but where was I going with that? Oh, That's but losing yourself in an unhealthy way. Right. Yes. But I think that motherhood is in fact losing ourselves, but it's not, it's not bad in, in healthy environments because it's just another way that, I mean, I've learned so much about how, how greatly God loves us. Nico mm-hmm. um, I think I made an Instagram post about it once just this idea that like in inside of us is this deep desire to create mm-hmm. and create something that looks like us and raise them to look like us and give our lives to them and sacrifice our time and our money and our resources and our efforts for them to grow and one day become little people that look like us modeling Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, I don't think that there could be a more direct correlation between how Christ exemplified his love for us on the cross. And like, even just in God creating us, like the incredible miracle of life started with God creating us. And and when I just think about the reasons that I chose to become a mother, mm. I think, man, is this why God chose to become our creator? Like, because mm. he just has such a deep desire to love and like, yeah. I don't know, I just think it's a beautiful illustration and causes you to understand the love of God more deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to go see Jenny? Sure. <laughs> you can see me. Yeah, that's what you were waiting for, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. That's what I thought. (laughs) So I think that that scripturally we see that it's God's intention for us as parents to give ourselves to our children, and that's not a bad thing. And so then I guess next would be Genesis. In Genesis... So when did you learn this about Genesis? Oh, literally, like, last week, I was listening to a podcast. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. It was that recent? Mm Mm-hmm. You told it to me like it was something... I'd known forever. Yeah. Like, that you had known forever or learned a long time ago. (laughs) All in how I present it. That's true. (laughs) You fake it till you make it. Yeah. Um, Well, because I had... I had been curious for a while, though, because I'd heard several (laughs) different Christian women make very vague statements about how... God never cursed childbirth, and God never intended childbirth to be pain or painful. Painful air quotes. Yes. Okay. Um. And but but never went into it, and so I was always like, just interesting. Confused. Why did they say that? Right. And then conveniently, I was listening to this podcast the other day from the Bible Project. They're going through the different movements of the Bible, and the this podcast in particular was over was talking about blessings and curses in Genesis. So starting in Genesis 3, 
rip Jenny's face off. No. <laughs> Just don't reach for the nose ring. <laughs> then we'll have a problem. <laughs> um, and Tim Mackey goes on to explain that uh, Yahweh curses the ground and he curses the snake. And then the following verses in Genesis 3 are really just prescriptions, or not prescriptions, but descriptions of um, the natural consequences of Adam and Eve's decision. So when he says, uh, I wish I... He just tickled my foot. Because <laughs> I, I, he was grabbing my toe, and so I wiggled my toe, and then he went for the bottom of my foot and really tickled. <laughs> Do I? Yeah, I. It should be either there's one on the ground there, or. Do you have two of these? Two of them. That's not it. Um, or in the living room under the plant stand, there's a pile of books as a pile. Be right back, everyone. Take a brief recess. Okay, so in Genesis 3, that's Romans 1, he's talking about, first he addresses the snake, then he curses the ground, and then he addresses Adam, I believe. Um, let's see here if we can find it. Oh no, he addresses Eve first. Okay, so... He addresses the serpent, and then to the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And then he goes on to address Adam. And... Yeah, we know the rest of the story. Dun, dun, so, <laughs> so yes, where where Yahweh says, speaks, or where the... the um, ancient hebrew author says uh surely i will multiply your pain in childbearing in pain you shall bring forth children i think we've always kind of perceived that as labor Mm -hmm. like labor is going to be more painful um but the the hebrew word for childbearing actually just means very literally childbearing um meaning the conception of a child so which is really interesting to me because even just reading this in esb like if you read this and didn't have any like pre presuppositions about what this verse meant you would see childbearing and do you like would you think labor right away no, no no i wouldn't i would think pregnancy yeah because that's when you're bearing the child. Like so literal conception. Or maybe I'd think like raising. Yeah. Child. Okay. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that too. So, um, yeah, it means in conception, um, which then if you just follow, we know that like ancient Hebrew text follows patterns and there's like, it's so witty and creates so many cross-references? Is that the word I'm looking for? Or hyperlinks, you know, between texts? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Nico. Look. Yes. Play with the president pig. <laughs> 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 um, we'll just 
let them be confused on that. Well, should I explain that? I don't know. I mean, I used to tell. Okay. <laughs> My wonderful sister-in-law gave me this little stuffed pig that smells like lavender for my last birthday I had and you can warm it up in the microwave and it's super warm and it's good for cramps or like anything that hurts and I named the pig Dwight D. Swinesenhauer after the president but it's a pig so you gotta put the swine okay (laughs) there you go go ahead Victoria tell us about the bible (laughs) so anyways if you look in the following um chapters and following stories there's lots of stories about children and about conception specifically. Never actually talks about, um, that was so close to spilling all over your floor. (laughs) Um, it never actually talks about, hey, hey, look, look. All better. Phone, yes. (laughs) Um, talks about, like, um, Hagar and Sarah and Abraham. That's just one example. That's that's a messy story. A super messy story, all surrounding the speci- literal conception of the child. Mm-hmm. Sarah can't get pregnant. And so they lose faith in God to fulfill his promise and take it into their own hands by then abusing Hagar. Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham abuses Hagar. And then... Um, Sarah also abuses her by casting her out. Um, so yeah, that's just that's just one example, but there's several more about infertility and um, abuse in conception. And so that's that's actually what God's talking about there, which makes the most sense too, because right after he says you will have your pain in childbearing will increase, he says, you will favor your husband. Um, but he will rule over you. Mm-hmm. So it just makes even more sense mm-hmm. in the as you look forward in the larger context of the mm-hmm. biblical narrative. And everything we see on movies is like just intense screams during labor right. and a lot of pain, and it lasts a very, very long time. I'm not saying that women haven't had painful right. labors yeah. or that... Um, labors don't last a long time because they can but but that's the that's the image right. in our heads all the time right and the it's second not that, in a good light mm-hmm. yeah the second that a, a child comes into the world we're like and that's what god meant by he will multiply your pain during childbearing but right. is, that's not what he meant no and i think that again that's just kind of fed into this deep-seated misogyny in our world our whole world hates women and children but speaking directly, or speaking um, speaking specifically about the Western Evangelical Church, we also, I'm getting into murky waters here, <laughs> I'll say less. We, generally speaking, have carried over that practice from our culture uh, by hating women and children and kind of casting them to the outskirts of our church culture. Mm. And many more things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the that's very clear in how we've like almost isogetically interpreted that scripture, meaning um, meaning that we've brought our own presuppositions to that scripture. Which, to me, when I look at at how we perceive 
uh, women and children and in childbirth in the church. It looks like, um, man, this could this could really say it, <laughs> say it. <laughs> it it looks like uh, we believe that God created women to be less than, mm-hmm. and it looks like we believe that women just are less than and that they're weak and incapable. Um, which is just bonkers yeah. because mm-hmm. God... Oh, I'm so sorry I'm if that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, because God actually created yeah. us to do this incredible thing. I mean, absolutely incredible. It's a total miracle. Mm-hmm. One of my friends just actually gave birth to her new baby boy like two days ago and I've been on cloud nine just thinking about (laughs) it because it is just so incredible I don't think that our brains can fully fathom or even begin to comprehend the insane miracle that childbearing and childbirth is like it is totally incredible totally incredible it just (laughs) blows my mind and uh so I think that that speaks more to God's incredible creation like that he made our bodies capable of doing this Mm -hmm. and not that we can take credit for it right but that when we use something like that to oppress women and children then that becomes a problem Mm -hmm. um because not only does it does it diminish our perspective on on women and children but it limits to the lengths that we could be worshiping God, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's such good stuff. I will say this in closing. Before we... And I'll ask you one more question. Just okay. one more. Just one more. Okay. okay. Brace yourself, because okay. you don't know what it is. <gasps> okay. <laughs> so, I was before we started, I was just thinking of the story that gets told in... Sunday school when you're a child Mm -hmm. it's the story where Jesus lets the little children come to him Mm -hmm. but then there's a point where we stop telling that story in church like that's not the story preached from the pulpit right or talked about a lot because we don't think it's applying to us yeah it's just but it does it does and I actually worked you know this is a really good thing that came out of El Salvador um, one good thing that came out of El Salvador was that I was working in children's ministry and at the time I was burning out severely, but I worked under leaders who said and lived by the motto that if you don't think children are important, then you're not very important because because you were once, you were are. once a child and yeah. You don't earn dignity once you become a certain age. Right. So, Which, yeah, finds its roots in so many other issues that we yeah. have in our country. So many. <laughs> so many. Yeah. yeah. We, do not dig- we do not dignify people who we deem don't need it. We, we yeah. play God so much. Mm-hmm. And it's inconsistent. And we were talking about that the other day. But Just I, won't, I won't go there, but it's, yeah, okay. it's a bit much. My last and final question. If there's anyone listening to this episode who has been told the lies about becoming a parent 
all their life, what would you just leave them with? What would you just let them ponder? Um, what are you swishing around in your mouth? That's so gross. Um, one thing is that kids are gross sometimes. <laughs> well, so are people. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. Um, and I, I could tie that into what I would leave people with is that children are people. And like, I think you should be very careful um, to assess how you think about children. If you believe that children are dignified images of God, mm-hmm. light could potential light bearers mm-hmm. who need the gospel of Jesus Christ and are completely unreached until someone decides to reach them, mm-hmm. then <laughs> children, children are like an unreached people group until they can come to the age where they understand and right. then like right. if someone tells them the gospel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you perceive them that way, then you'll perceive adults that way too. Mm-hmm. But if there is any kind of like um, dissonance between how you perceive children and adults, then mm-hmm. I would, I would just be very careful about that and ask yourself, okay, then do I actually believe these things about adults, mm-hmm. or do I believe that? Dignity is some, like, flippant, optional thing for human beings, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that could really get you into murky waters. So, anyways, I would just reassess how you think about children Mm -hmm. and really pay close attention to that and ask God to teach you about how he views children. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the one thing that my husband and I say all the time to people about parenthood because we both love it so much <laughs> is that everybody's obsessed with talking about how difficult it is that's true people rarely talk about how good it is and if they do they never fail to mention how it's also hard mm-hmm. they can't just like leave it at oh it's great i love being a parent um so i think that my thing that i would say that solomon and i say all the time is that like Anything you choose to do in life is going to be hard. That's true. Like, anything worth it. Anything worth it, yeah. Like, if you, okay, you go to college for four years and then you end up with your dream job, mm-hmm. it's not always going to feel like a dream. Mm-hmm. You get married and you've been waiting to marry this person for a whole year. You've been planning during your engagement and you get married. And, I won't say that. You get married and it doesn't work the way you thought it was going to work and you're upset and you guys are fighting and you're learning that you can yell at your spouse and (laughs) who knew (laughs) and like all these things it's bringing out all these ugly hard parts of you um but it's also like so delightful to have a partner in life Mm -hmm. and the same goes for children it's so difficult um, in so many different ways, but that's not what I take away from being a mom either, you know? Yeah. I don't, yeah, because it's, it, everything's difficult. Everything yeah. I do in life is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just focus on what's great about it. Yeah. Because that's what matters. Oh. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing You're that, Victoria. You're welcome. Thank you for being our guest on this extended part of the episode. <laughs> so I'm very excited to release it. 
If anyone benefited at all from this episode, go ahead and send me a message on Instagram, head to heart underscore podcast. And it was a delight to share this with you. So thank you for subscribing, dear subscribers. Friends, if I would say. (laughs) We'll see you around. Shalom in the home.